our reading for this evening comes from Mark, the fifth chapter, and is on page 816 of your Pew Bible. Now, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So Jesus went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. And she had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and reached out and touched his cloak. For she said to herself, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, "Uh, you see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say, who touched me? And Jesus looked around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when Jesus had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was about 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. And he strictly ordered them that no one should know this and then told them to give her something to eat. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. One thing I've learned in my 52-plus years of life is that certitude sells. The right answers, the right way, the certainty or knowledge that you present something, the understanding that we're right and we know the right way, it sells. It gets votes every time. We see it in every single realm of life, politics, marketing, relationships. If you know, you know. And if I see that 
I-Y-K-Y-K in a post somewhere and I don't know, you better believe I'm going to go and find out because I want to know. But what certitude isn't is faith. Sure, we can sing, I know that my Redeemer lives at the top of our lungs and we can proclaim Jesus as risen, but as soon as we live a life expecting answers and explanations for everything, we leave the land of faith. Scripture would tell us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the opposite of certitude. Faith is mystery. Faith is vulnerability. Faith is courage to live into the mystery and the vulnerability, trusting in Jesus and the promise that God has made to us through Jesus. Faith is Jairus coming to Jesus and asking him to come and heal his daughter. Faith is a woman stretching out her hands to just touch the edge of the clothes of Jesus so that she may be healed. These stories would have been familiar to the people that Mark is writing to. And it's no mistake that they're told together. We don't know that they happened this way or not. But Mark wants us to hear these two stories intersecting. And so when we see this kind of literary device where a story is in the middle of another story, we have to ask ourselves, why? And I think that Mark puts these two stories about these two people on the opposite ends of the societal hierarchy to show us about what faith looks like in all sorts of people. So Jesus is relaxing with his friends by the sea when Jairus, who is a leader in the synagogue, comes to him and begs him to heal his daughter. And Jesus heads towards Jairus' house. And as they're going, he feels somebody touching his robe. And he says, who's touching my robe? Can you imagine Jairus at this moment? He's walking with Jesus. He finally got up the courage to go and ask for what he needs of this one who they're not so sure about. And they're on their way, and then Jesus stops and asks a question, the most ridiculous question ever, who touched me? Are you kidding me, Jesus? We gotta go. My daughter is ill. Why are we stopping to find out who touched you in this crowd? It's like Disneyland on the opening day of Star Tours around here. And then Jesus looks at this woman who shouldn't even be there. She's supposed to be away from all of society. And Jesus stops for this one on the way to a scribe's house. And he heals her. Her faith heals her. So much heartbreak, so much uncertainty, so much trust in this moment. It's not unlike what we hear in the Psalms. So how long, O Lord, the psalmists cry. But this is faith. We walk with Jesus not knowing the destination, but trusting in the promise of life and light, trusting in Jesus. Because as they have been stopped, before they start back on their way, word comes to them that the daughter has died. 
And Jesus looks at Jairus, who I'm sure is beside himself, and says, do not fear, but believe. And so when they get to the house, everyone is crying. Everyone is weeping. This child has died. And I cannot imagine what Jairus felt in that moment when he gets to his home and he sees everyone crying. I'd be a mess. I cannot imagine what the woman who stopped Jesus felt when she heard that a girl had died while Jesus was talking to her. So much pain and heartache, even when they acted with faith. I don't know about you, but I know what that feels like sometimes. It's hard. It's painful. But that's life. That's faith. It's hard. It can be painful. So when Jesus asks why people are making a fuss, when he says, well, she's just sleeping, why are y'all crying? They laugh at him. And that is why faith is hard. Because the world would say to us that if we can't explain it, if we can't prove it, if we can't repeat the experience, if we can't be certain, then it isn't real. We live in the world of certainty cells and rules the day. We live in a world where without answers you are laughed at. We live in enough of a pluralistic society that people will nod and smile at you, but inside they're rolling their eyes and thinking we're fools. Because living a life of faith requires mystery and vulnerability and trust in things we can't always explain. But we know we have a God who in Jesus goes into the room and heals this little girl. We know we have a Jesus who takes the time to stop and make a shunned woman well so that she can be reconnected to her community. And while the world laughs, Jairus and his family, the woman and hers, the disciples, and those who follow Jesus are changed. They are transformed by the love of Jesus. They have no idea in that moment that this journey that they're on will lead them to a cross and then an empty tomb, and then to being leaders in a movement that will transform the whole world. What about you? Are you Jairus, or the woman, or the laughing crowd, or the doubting disciples? Are you okay with not having all the answers or explanations about how things work? In a couple weeks, Lent starts, in fact, two weeks from today. And Lent is a perfect time for us to reground ourselves to try a spiritual practice that would deepen our faith, that will help us walk in mystery and vulnerability with perhaps a little more ease. So I encourage you to keep thinking about what that spiritual practice could be for you. What do you need to learn this Lent? And may we all have the courage as we walk with Jesus together to go where he leads, even if we can't know where it is. Let's walk with Jesus knowing that we can trust the promises of God and that we can trust the love of Jesus. And let's walk transformed for the sake of the world. Amen.